Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Obviously, the Jets know something that, you know, the people up here don't. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Tournament Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TournamentJets.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Dolben Asario. Dolben, how you doing tonight? Doing good, Joe. No complaints. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the district, uh, so it's good. I'm glad to be back. So this week's episode, as we head into Memorial Day, we're going to hit on a range of topics. So the last couple of weeks, we've worked through the Jets' offense, uh, the Jets' defense last week. Uh, we're going to hit on about six or seven different things tonight. Uh, as the team gets ready for minicamp, they will be in minicamp this week, and they'll have different uh, practices sort of spread throughout over the next few weeks. Again, it's hard to really take away all too much from any of these practices as uh, there's not equipment. Uh, access to the media is very limited, and this is a lot of walkthrough and installation at this time of the year. Uh, that being said, uh, it never, it's never a bad thing to have the team out there actually playing football, right? So uh, we're going to start right off the top with Josh McCown, just because I recently wrote an article on him sort of functioning in this mentor role for the Jets. I think McCown, when practice starts, he'll be the guy taking the first team reps. I think he is probably the most likely guy to start week one, although I think everybody, myself included, Dalvin included, would like to see Christian Hackenberg really be able to beat out McCown. Uh, because McCown is a guy who's going to be 38. He's been mediocre throughout his entire career outside of a few stretches. Really one stretch in Chicago for five games that he started. Uh, and a brief stretch in 2015 in Cleveland where he was okay on uh, not a very good team. But your hope is that Hackenberg is ready to you know, take this job or grab this job because if McCown starts week one, it's just a matter of time until that guy gets hurt or the team is going to want to flip it to Hackenberg uh, at some point because they're going to need to see him play uh, if they're going to consider taking a quarterback in the draft uh, in 2018. You're going to want to see Hackenberg at some point. So, you know, a couple things to remember with McCown. 14 seasons, only twice in those 14 seasons as he played in more than 10 games uh, in a year. And one of those times was in 2004, so a long time ago. Uh, only three times in those 14 years has he thrown more touchdowns and interceptions in a season. Uh, one of those was also in 2004. So really, the, the, book or the book on the positive for McCown is people point to 2013, where he came in for Jay Cutler with Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett, Matt Forte, uh, and put up monster numbers. Uh, played in eight games, started five games, went three and two. Uh, in 2015, played 
a handful of games for Cleveland and had 12 touchdowns to four interceptions, although those stats are a little misleading as, again, the team was 1-7 in the games that he started. And since he's left Cleveland, he's 2-20 as a starter and still been turning the ball over at a high rate. Now, the book on the count is that he's a great mentor. He's an ideal bridge quarterback. He's a good guy to have around the team. Strong intangibles. Usually the type of things that you say about a quarterback when they're <laughs> on play performance on-field performance is not up to par or very good because I don't know if there's anybody out there who would reasonably say, I want Christian Hackenberg or Bryce Petty to watch what Josh McCown does on the field and imitate that. Just like you really wouldn't want that with Ryan Fitzpatrick because mm-hmm. just like Fitzpatrick, McCown does not read the defense consistently, doesn't protect the football, uh, and has lost a lot of games, like a lot, a lot of games. Uh, mm-hmm. So really you're hoping that he – Theoretically, you're hoping that he could teach them off the field practices and, and how to approach the game. Uh, I guess overall, before I say a little more on the topic, Dalton, what are, you, what are your expectations for Josh McCown? And what do you think of him overall as a player valued at $6 million this year? I mean, I think it's interesting because the Jets are paying Ryan Fitzpatrick $5 million and Josh McCown $6 million. So they're essentially paying these two mediocre quarterbacks $11 million this season to not really do anything of substance. I don't think, and I said this a lot last year, there's nothing that I would want Ryan Fitzpatrick to teach Christian Hackenberg. I'm going to say the same thing about Josh McCown. There's nothing that I look at him and I'm like, man, I really wish Christian Hackenberg plays like this. I tweeted this the other day, um, and it's just it's it, it bears repeating like winners you never hear about Tom Brady and his leadership or Aaron Rodgers and his leadership or Peyton Manning and his leadership you never hear about that or Ben Roethlisberger and his leadership you never hear that you know what you hear about their wins so I'd rather have a quarterback that wins I don't care if he's a leader per se because winning winners lead you know and that's kind of the thing like if you won guys will follow you I think McCown in particular for me it's super frustrating this offseason because I've seen him and Mike Glennon and all these other quarterbacks get paid this offseason. And you see guys like, you know, Jay Cutler, who, again, gets branded a bad guy and a jerk and all that. Or you see a guy like Colin Kaepernick who doesn't get a look or whatever the case may be for whatever reason. Um, I think that it's frustrating for me because these, these quarterbacks continue to be propped up when better quarterbacks are passed up because of either their personality rubs people the wrong way or because their political affiliation rubs people the wrong way or whatever the case may be. And I think with McCown in particular, I, Rich Simony said this about a week ago when he was taking the mail back. He was like that the Jets chose McCown because of the familiarity with the offense, because he's a leader, and because he can produce or something like that. I think it was what the third thing was. And for me, it's, it's frustrating to hear that because nobody knows what this offense is going to look like. Nobody. Nobody knows what kind of offense John, John Morton's going to run. Nobody knows if they're going to be a, a West Coast offense, a, an air raid offense. Nobody knows if they're going to run the damn wishbone. And you constantly hear McCown's familiarity with this offense. And it's like, well, that's not true. Like, nobody has familiarity with these offense. All the quarterbacks are starting on the same foot. And there's nothing that I've seen from Josh McCown over 14 years that I'm like, man, I really wish Christian Hackenberg turns into that guy. I would have much preferred for them to sign Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler has at least been productive in this league. You know, and so that's kind of the thing. I want a quarterback that's productive, and I don't expect Christian Hackenberg to learn much from Josh McCown except for maybe how to show up for work on time. Maybe that's kind of what you want. But 
for McCown, I don't expect him to finish the season. I personally don't expect him to start the season. I think Christian Hackenberg will beat him out because I think in shorts, Christian Hackenberg should look better than Josh McCown. If he doesn't, that's an indictment on McCagnan and the pick that he made. But I think you're going to get maybe a handful of games if he starts before they turn it over to Christian Hackenberg and then you kind of go from there. But I'd much rather honestly see Christian Hackenberg start the whole season because I, I just I think he's going to learn more from playing than from sitting behind Josh McCown watching him play. Yeah, I feel like we say this mentor thing. It's just something that's repeated so many times that it becomes a cliche because really, what is Josh McCown off the field teaching Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg that they haven't learned through their combined three years at this point? If they aren't working hard and they aren't watching film and they aren't practicing the right way, maybe he has like a minor impact and helps them improve in that area. But is that really going to have a large, tangible impact uh, on those guys being better NFL players if they just don't have it as quality starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I think the value of that might be overstated. Uh, and by all reports, you know, say what you will about Petty and Hackenberg, they're hard workers. They've done all the right things since they've came to the Jets. They, they've watched film, they practice. Whether they're actually good enough to be starting quarterbacks remains to be seen. But you know, if they're doing this stuff already, McCown's going to come in and you know, say, look, we're going to watch film every day. We're going to practice like this. Uh, okay, we were doing that already because we're professionals and we're being paid to be professionals. I, I just think that that value gets overstated sometimes. I think you just got to look at it a little more in a vacuum. The Jets paid $6 million for, to Josh McCown because they were not confident, 100% confident, that Christian Hackenberg was ready, gonna be ready, going to be ready to start week one. And if he wasn't going to be ready, they needed some type of fallback plan with a player who started relatively recently. Now, personally... I would have potentially looked to the draft. I would have rather paid uh, TJ Yates $600,000 to potentially start a few games than McCown $6 million because, again, McCown is not a good quarterback. He's never played in a big game in his life. Yates has at least started a couple playoff games. Uh, he's just been, inconsi- he's been consistently pretty bad, and I don't, I don't think having Hackenberg and Petty watch McCown turn the ball over like they had to watch Fitzpatrick turn the football over uh, is going to make any major difference in their development. Now, let, let, let's try to be a little more optimistic here. The Jets' hope is that, theoretically, I guess, is going to be that we're going to put McCown in a situation that's going to protect him. Uh, he's going to play a little bit like he did in 2015 for Cleveland and 2013 for Chicago. We're banking on Eric Decker being healthy, Quincy Inouye taking the next step. We added some weapons with our Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen, and Robbie Hansen's going to take the the next step. Robbie Anderson's going to take the next step. Uh, we still have Forte. We got Powell, who, who's a good running back, and we, and we feel good about our offensive line. So we feel pretty good about our supporting cast, and that's going to help prop McCown up, and he's going to be an okay starting quarterback and buy us some time with Hackenberg. And our early season schedule is not that brutal. Once we, we get Buffalo week one, who we think we can beat, then we have a tough trip against Oakland. Uh, but then we get games against Cleveland and Jacksonville, and we think we could hang with Miami. So we think with McCown and our supporting cast, we're going to find a way to come out of the gates at, you know, three and three, you know, something like that. And then we could take it from there. I would imagine that's sort of the internal logic around it. But again, you need McCown to stay healthy and you need him to be competent. It's not out of the question that it could happen. It's just, you know, again, could have a Yates or a Chase Daniel done that and got you to three and three? Or is it just better to have Hackenberg just come out of the gate and play? 
yeah, I think it's better that Hackenberg comes out of the gate and, gate and play. I also think, honestly, if the Jets get to 3-3 three and three through that first six games, get ready for a lot of the Jets are playoff-bound articles from me. Uh, because I, I said it when we did the 100 takes that the Jets would make the playoffs. If we get to 3-3, three and three, I am absolutely launching streamers in the air. Um, not because I think this is a bad team or anything like that. I mean, I love blind optimism. I, I'm, a, I'm a Jet fan at heart. I will watch them as a fan. But I also think that this is a team that this year, and we kind of said this last year, and I said it repeatedly so many times, last year didn't matter. This year also doesn't matter unless Hackenberg plays. If Hackenberg plays, then this year becomes important because you're trying to figure out what kind of quarterback he's going to be. I do agree with you, Joe. I think that a lot of what Bowles and McCagnan are probably saying internally is have McCown get us through like six, seven games. It's very similar to when the Giants signed Kurt Warner and he held the fort for about nine games and then Eli Manning took over after that. It's very similar to that. I think the Jets are hoping that they can get to that point and then just hand it over to Hackenberg. I think that I think there's enough skill positions in place where, where McCown could be productive. Same thing, I think, with Hackenberg, not so much with Bryce Petty, because I've gotten a lot of questions from Jet fans like, well, what about Bryce? And then when I tell them that I don't think Bryce is going to be good, they unfollow me and they say all sorts of crazy things. I think that ultimately Bryce Petty doesn't really matter. It's between McCown and Hackenberg. And I think with Hackenberg in particular, if you can work on the mechanics, because the mechanics are not that great. But if you can work on them to the point that he is productive and get him to make some easy throws with these weapons in place, then yes, you can beat a team like Cleveland, a team like Jacksonville. Maybe you sneak up on Oakland, who's probably going to be picked by many to be a Super Bowl contender. That's kind of what you want. You want to be able to reel off a couple of these wins. But Woody Johnson said it best, and I never thought I'd say that in my tenure as a Jet fan. This isn't, this isn't a season that's measured by wins and losses. It's how are they coming out and competing? Are they coming out flat? Are they getting housed like the Jets did the last year of Rex Ryan, where it's like 45 to 7, they get smacked by a team that was snowed in? You don't want any of that. You want the team to constantly show fight. You don't want them to give up, and you want them to be better than they were last year. If not in the win-loss mark, then at the very least on the field with what they put out there, and that's kind of what this year is about. That's why McCown realistically playing five, six games doesn't really matter. And I think Hackenberg could probably potentially get them to three and three anyway. I want to remind you guys that this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official sponsor and partner of the New York Jets. Make sure you check out primesport.com backslash turn on the Jets for all 2017 away game fan experience packages and also fan experience packages for home games. Make sure to give Prime Sport a follow on Twitter at Prime Sport and on Facebook at backslash Prime Sport and learn more about their relationship with the team for 2017 at primesport.com backslash turn on the Jets. You know, Dalvin, we're, we're 13 minutes in here. We're still talking McCown mm-hmm. and quarterback. So let's just make this a, a full quarterback episode <laughs> instead of bouncing around. We'll do some quick hits at the end on some news. I, let... What do you think? I think McCown's going to start week one. Let's say if mm-hmm. McCown does start week one, what, what is the latest point of the year that you think we see Hackenberg? I feel like at a minimum, the Jets are going to start Hackenberg at least five or six games this year. But I feel like even with McCown starting week one, you're probably seeing Hackenberg eight, I don't know, week eight, week nine. Is that, is that roughly a fair time to expect him to come through? And I'm aligned with you that I don't think Bryce Petty really factors into this race uh, at all as a potential starting quarterback. Of course, we could be wrong, but I, I just don't see it. I think, I mean, in the few minutes, and I don't like to make a full judgment on a guy based on a very small subset of plays, but watching him in New England on Christmas for the 10 plays he plays, <laughs> I just, there's no way that guy could be a starting quarterback in the NFL, particularly one for the Jets who's going to have to play New England twice. I don't know. Again, maybe he's gotten leaps and bounds better, but 
back to the original question. Like, if, if McCown does start week one as expected, by when do you think you're pulling the lever for Hackenberg? And how long do you potentially ride it out with McCown? What if the Jets are four and five and still technically oh, on, the, on the outskirts of the playoff race in the back half of the season? Are you still flipping the switch to Hackenberg? Do you know what's so crazy about that question? You asked this question to me like two years ago when Ryan Fitzpatrick was here after Gino's jaw got broken. It was the same question. It was, well, if, what if they're four and one? What if they're five and one? What if they're four and two? And the Jets just came out of the gate like doorbusters, right, with Fitzpatrick. Um, honestly, I think Christian Hackenberg starts week three against Miami. So that is September 24th, 2017. That is week three. That is the Jets' home opener. I think Christian Hackenberg is the starter by then. I think that... Buffalo, while I don't anticipate them being very good next year because they are a very weird team, I think that at the very least, their their defense under McDermott is probably going to give McCown fits. They're going to bring a lot of pressure, and there's a chance that he doesn't finish that game. If he does, then the week after, the Jets are traveling to the West Coast to play the Oakland Raiders, where Khalil Mack will be waiting, just waiting for Josh McCown, probably going up against Beecham and Brandon Shaw. Um, and I, that may not be the game that he finishes either. I think Christian Hackenberg starts week three against Miami. That's the earliest I think we'll see him. The, if he doesn't start week one, I personally believe he starts week one. But if he doesn't, then I think week three is the earliest you see him. The latest that you see him will be, honestly, I think that November 2nd game against Buffalo on Thursday night, prime time. I think that's the latest you will see him. I think that you I think you could see him come in relief against Atlanta the Sunday before. And then you give him a couple days to get ready for that game against the Bills. But honestly, I think the earliest you get him is Miami. The latest you get him is against Buffalo. So what do you think is a fair baseline expectation of what, 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 what does Hackenberg need to do this year for you to say the Jets do not need to consider taking a quarterback in the first round? Let's say the Jets end up picking somewhere between 5 and 14 next year. I think they're, they're, people at this point, again, it's way too early for this, but people are thinking they'll be anywhere from you know, three to five, maybe even up to six quarterbacks taken in the first round next season. What does Hackenberg have to do for the Jets to instead take an offensive lineman or a running back or maybe a pass rusher finally? What is that? Is it a stat line? Is it just a style of play? Uh, how, much, how many games? Is enough games? I mean, if he plays three really good games – but he only actually started three games and only came in relief for one or two. Is that enough? What is a big enough sample size of production for you to say, for you, to say you know what, we're not going to draft a quarterback. We're not going to do the whole mentor bridge thing. We're just going to let Hackenberg start week one. He's shown us enough this season to make us our guy, to make him our guy. That, that's tough, honestly, because I'm a big numbers person, and I think stats, uh, while they don't tell the whole story, I think that they're a good barometer for how far a guy's going. So I'm going to give you a stat line that I, if I see – if I see it, I think he's the starter next year, and I think they will break my heart and not draft Josh Rosen. So if uh, 2,995 yards, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a 93.5 QBR. So that's the baseline that I need to see. Now, the reason why I think that is because, one, you'll have more touchdowns than interceptions. You'll have only 12 picks, and if he plays the whole season, I think 12 picks in a 16-game season is actually really good. Uh, the touchdowns are a little low, but I, I think the Jets may struggle in the red zone if they don't use their players the way that they're supposed to. Um, and 2,995 yards may seem a little low, but honestly, I don't think he's going to get the opportunity to throw the ball downfield that much um, because I think you're going to see the Jets try to hide him with their running game and give him a lot of short throws. I think that's the statistical barometer that I need to see. Now, that number is Ryan Tannehill's season. 
season from last year, just an FYI, because Jet fans like to point out that Tannehill is awful. And while he is, last year before he got hurt, he was producing at the level that I think we need Christian Hackenberg to produce. With that said, I think you don't want to see red zone turnover. So if he does throw 12 interceptions, the hope is that none of them come in the red zone. None of them. Because the Jets are usually shot in the foot when they do that dumb stuff like that. Like, I'm reminded of the, the play that they ran with Michael Vick in the goal, in the, near the goal line or whatever, and he got blasted in the backfield. Like, you don't want to do any of that. You don't want to turn the ball over in the red zone. You also do not want to give your, your defense short fields to work with, so you don't want to turn the ball over on your side of the field either. Say the Jets get the, the kickoff starts, touchback, Jets get the ball at the 21st play of the game, he throws a pick, suddenly your defense is playing with their back against the wall. The Jets last year were the second, they, they their defense had to face the second shortest distance from when the possession started to the goal line in the NFL. You do not want to do that again because this is a young defense that has a lot of new starters that is learning that is learning a new defense, and you is learning a new defense for a lot of these new guys. You do not want to set them up for failure. I think that Hackenberg, you can't you can't look skittish out there. He cannot look like a deer in headlights. He can't suddenly start seeing ghosts where he's ducking his head. We saw a lot of that in Penn State. You cannot do that again. And for me, I thought Geno Smith played pretty well for, for a lot of his rookie season. But one of the things that I think he did really, really well was when the game was on the line, you saw him much more poised. And you saw him being able to lead his team repeatedly down the field for either game-tying scores or game-winning scores, right? I need to see that from Christian Hackenberg, too. I need to know if the moment isn't too big for you. Now, am I going to see that? I don't know. But he needs to show some of that. He needs to show enough that makes me say, even if, like you said, say the Jets are picking five, I need to see enough that says, you know what? I'm not going to go up and, and trade a 2019 first-round pick to go up from five to one to go get Josh Rosen. I'm not going to do that because I've seen enough from Christian Hackenberg. And I think, honestly, 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions does that. So one final thing to wrap up, and we'll go quick, rapid fire in the news. The Jets put Devin Smith on I. Uh, they released Devin Smith in order so they could put him back on their, their IR. Either way, not going to be a factor this year. I guess there is theoretically a chance somebody could jump in uh, and cl- uh, claim him uh, while he is available, but I do think he'll probably end up back on the Jets' IR and then theoretically back to compete in camp for uh, next season, but either way, hard to have any expectations uh, for Smith ever doing anything of note here as the Jets have clearly moved on with the amount of assets and resources they put towards the receiver position. So Mike McCagnan's first uh, official bust, and hey, we hate to see it because we were I was up on Smith Hill uh, as long as I could possibly be. <laughs> but sometimes, look, you got to pack your tent and you got to leave and just say, look, I thought he did flash some encouraging things as a rookie, but he just cannot stay healthy. I mean, we don't even know how he got hurt again, but, you know, three serious injuries in three years and uh, a bummer for Smith because if healthy, I do think there was talent there, but it's hard to picture him ever being a factor in New York at this point now. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, yes, you should pack up your tent and go because I think, I think it's over. I think we're done here. Um, but I, somebody had said to us when I had, when I had tagged you in the, in the news, somebody had said like, oh, well, don't worry. He'll pass waivers and he'll go to, to IR. I wouldn't be so sure. I think that you saw it with the Patriots claiming Jake Ballard from the Giants when they cut him and then, you know, they stashed him and hoped that they could get something from him. A smart team, I think, a smart team will pick him up. I think you could see a team like Atlanta or Green Bay just stashing him, right, and just having him on their roster for next year and then suddenly he contributes for that team. I think you're seeing, I think you'll see a guy, maybe even Carolina. Carolina's a team that has developed their wide receivers well. Ricky Prohl has done a really good job. 
you could see Carolina taking a shot on him as, and just develop him over the next year, and then he becomes one of Cam Newton's weapons next year. I don't think that's a sure a surefire conclusion that he will be a Jet. I do think that it sucks, man, because I think he was a he was a kid that wasn't used properly. He played with a quarterback that could not get him the ball. I know a lot of people like to point out that it was all him and it wasn't, and that's probably the most frustrating thing. Um, I think it's more fodder for people who think that the Jets' second-round picks just don't there's a curse and they can't get on the field um I, I hopefully Marcus May breaks that but I also think that it sucks because there were so many times that he was open and Fitzpatrick just missed him a lot a lot of times and the the offense Changeli did not do a good enough job of getting him involved I was really looking forward to seeing if Morton would do that um he's out now and chances are there's too many receivers in the house anyway for him to even get a shot next year so I think he's gone I think a team will claim him and stash him and just develop them on his own though I mean, you know who Carolina also claimed at one point? Yeah. Mr. Mr. Stephen Hill. So, I mean, That's they, got right. a, they got a history. Now, listen, I'm not comparing Devin Smith to Stephen Hill because even still, I still think Devin Smith was a better prospect than Stephen Hill at this point, even though he can't stay healthy. Um, last thing I want to wrap with, and I've tweeted out this prediction a couple of times, and I've got some questions on it because I have not been overly positive about the Jets' prospects for the 2017 season. I have said a few times I do think they're going to match or slightly exceed their win total from last year. And I think what people need to remember is that the Jets could be 5-11, and 6-10, or maybe even 7-9, and and still not be a very good team. The 2013 Jets were a bad team, and they were 8-8. Eight and eight. The 2012 Jets were 6-10, and 10, and they were a really bad team. Uh, wins and losses are not always exactly representative of how good of a team you are. I think even it could work the other way. You could say the 2015 Jets were 10-6 and six because of uh, a few things breaking their way and a soft schedule. But you know you got to keep in mind, you can't just look at the schedule and say, well, how could you say they're going to win five or six games? Who are they going to beat? Oh, maybe they could beat Cleveland. Maybe they could beat Jacksonville. Maybe they get one from Buffalo. It matters when you play certain teams. I mean, keep mm-hmm. in mind, one of the Jets' five wins last year was when they beat Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore was an a eight and eight, nine and seven team last year. The Jets just caught them the right week when they were banged up uh, and were missing tons of players. And the Jets got them at home. And uh, you know, Geno started, and Anua had a big play early, and the Jets were able to find a way to win. Now, on paper, before the year, or if you would have said in a vacuum, this is what the Ravens are going to be in 2016, this is what the Jets are going to be in 2016, you wouldn't have thought the Jets would have found a way to win, but they did. So teams find a way to stumble into wins, and I do think. The Jets haven't gotten notably worse than they were last year. Fitzpatrick was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Darrell Revis was terrible, which is why he's still out of a job. Nick Mangold was not very good and missed a lot of time. It's why he's still out of a job. Uh, Brandon Marshall, obviously, still productive, but was not the Jets' best receiver even down the stretch last year. So uh, they've also added more talent with the NFL draft. They're hoping to get steps forward from a few other players. So... I don't see the overall team much worse this year than they were last year, if not slightly better. And I've seen the Jets multiple times in my life be, per, be picked to be the worst team in the NFL and be mm-hmm. 32nd in all these power rankings. That was the case going back to 2006. They were commonly picked to be the worst team in the league heading into the season. They actually went 10-6 and six that year made the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen this year. But you know, in a more recent example, you know, the 2012 and 2013 Jets were both widely considered to be the worst team in the league heading into the season or were going to be one of the worst teams. These teams went 6-10 and 8-8. Eight and eight. So 
Teams find a way to win games. I don't see this being a 2-14 and 14 or 3-13 and 13 team. I'm not saying they're going to be 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, but I can very well see them at 6-10, and 10, maybe even at 7-9 and nine if a few things break right. Yeah, I, I, they're winning. They're going to the playoffs, Joe. Just buy your hat now. Buy your playoff tickets now. I think it's time. Go, go. I told you guys last week, go to Prime Sport for $50 on the Jets to win the division. This is the year. No, no. I think I, you know what it is? I agree with you. I think and we've, we've been Jet fans for about the same time. You know, maybe I got you by like a year. But there's the Jets, and Michael Lombardi talked about this on his really good article on The Ringer. And no, I'm not just saying that because his son is on the Jets coaching staff. But he had a really good article talking about how the Jets are essentially in the cl- in Clipperland, where the Clippers are right now, where la- the 10-6 the and six year from McCagnan and Bowles' first year gives you that, oh, no, let's run it back one more time um, idea. And then you run it back and it blows up because, of course, it blows up, right? If the Jets were to win 10 games this year, it's a little different. It's very similar to how the Jets won 10, how the Jets won 11 games in Sanchez's second year. It feels a little different because you have a young quarterback. The mistake the Jets made was they wiped out his receivers and went and got all veteran receivers. And so in turn, that was a mistake they made. You'd hope that the Jets would not jettison Quincy Anua and Eric Decker to try to go get Calvin Johnson out of retirement and then go trade for Larry Fitzgerald or something like that. You know, you hope that they don't do that. You hope that this team will get the chance to grow. I think you're right. I don't think that they're going to be as bad as people say they are. I think that they are they're going to be a lot of games that they win that they probably shouldn't win. I think there's going to be games that they shouldn't lose that they do lose because that's just kind of the nature of the NFL. I think Cleveland is a little bit better. You don't know who's going to be their quarterback, but they are better than they were last year. I think Jacksonville is going to be a sleeper pick for a lot of teams. Thank you, John Idzik, for the powerhouse that you have built in Jacksonville. That's going to be a team that a lot of people look at and say, man, if Blake Bortles can just cut his Ryan Fitzpatrick act back, they're probably going to be really good. Um, I think that you're looking at, you're looking at teams – you're looking at guys, for the Jets in particular, guys that need to step up. Deron, Darren Lee needs to step up, right? You hope that you get good play from Adams and May. I think that's a pretty safe bet. You hope that Mo Claiborne is healthy. You hope that one of the young guys steps up at cornerback. You hope that the pass rush is there because this team hasn't had a pass rush in forever. Um, I think that you got to see that. But it all comes down to the quarterback, Joe. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that's why them winning, say they win six or seven games, one, that's an improvement off of last year, but two, Two, it's also, okay, our young quarterback just led this team to seven wins. Now we build on that as opposed to, oh, it was an old guy that led us to nine wins. Let's bring them all back and let's just get more veterans in place because that has been the mistake that they've made in the past. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back next week to talk about minicamp as the season gets a little closer. Make sure to follow Dolbin on Twitter at DA underscore Asario. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jay Caparoso. Make sure to follow Prime Sport, of course. And uh, check us out at TurnOnTheJets.com. Any final words, Dolbin? Uh, go Jets. I told you, go put some money down, go put some money down, go win some money when we make the playoffs because I don't want to hear anybody say, oh my God, nobody picked us to do this. I'm going to say, no, yes, I did. I've now gone on the record three times in like four different podcasts. Um, But no, man, just enjoy it. Honestly, OTAs kick off tomorrow. Football never seems to go away, right? There never seems to be an off season. Uh, But honestly, I'm just glad, I'm glad to have something to talk about other than something crazy like Robbie Anderson or Sheldon Richardson last year or anything like that. Just the team and seeing them get better uh, every day as they go out there and try to end this playoff drought. All right, everybody. We will be back next week.